10 years from now and you're going to see people with Netflix specials and HBO specials and you're going to be like, oh, they fucking cut their teeth at the Sesh Lounge or at the Cellar. Well, let's be fair. If it's 10 years from now, it's going to be the Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu Plus. Right. The whole subscription of all. (laughs) Yeah. You got. We're going to be back to DirecTV. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite male enhancement, such as Blue Chew or whatever other names they have. I really don't know anything about the products. I don't. I obviously don't take them. Um, this guy over here, Stefano, does, right? You take them? Which one do you take? You don't? What do you mean you don't? Obviously, you t- You don't need... Wow. Um... I'm just sorry, guys. I'm I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm just really more impressed that he's he actually got laid. Um, if you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now back to the show. Hey guys, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my upcoming appearances and where you guys can find me live. I will be performing for the Fresh Faces of Tulsa Comedy Show April seventh, eight p.m. Deco Lounge. Considered an honor. I'm really looking forward to that. That's this Friday, April 7th, 8 p.m. And then the following Friday, I will be at the Renaissance Brewing Company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, April 14th for another uh, round of Insult Attack Roast Battle, uh, hosted by the great Brian Bizjack. We will have him on the show next week to help promote that. But again, April 7th, Deco Lounge, April 14th, uh, Renaissance Brewing Company. Come out and support Tulsa Comedy, guys. Enjoy the episode. Guys, new episode of Unloading Meat. We're up to episode 10 now. Yeah, we're halfway through the season. Halfway through season one. Yeah, we. Uh, for those that don't know, me and Stefano have decided to limit the episodes to 20 a season. Then we'll be taking a one-week break in between. And then we will debut season two. I believe we have it penciled in for Monday, June 26th. Today's show, we have Dylan Walters. Guys, this guy is a outstanding comedian, musician. Uh, just all around great entertainer. Um, we had a few beers. We had a few smokes. We had a great time getting to know each other. Uh, he was, we were here for a good afternoon. Um, and then later on that month, I saw him at his, uh, performance at little miss MG's show. Shout out to, uh, yucks and chuckles. What it's called. Uh, at the Mojito Bar. I love the Mojito Bar. It's a great bar. And uh, Dylan crushed it. Just had an amazing performance. If you guys haven't seen him with his bass and his whole act, please make sure you see him. He is hilarious. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's interview with him. If you like this content, make sure to please like, share, subscribe. Come on, guys. Help out the channel. We're trying to really grow something here in Tulsa. And uh, guys, kick back, relax. Enjoy some unloading meat with today's guest, Dylan Walters. All right, guys. My next guest is the ultra funny, fucking hilarious, usually high, Dylan Walters. What's up, Dylan? 
Hey, what's going on, man? Nothing Thank you much. for having me. Appreciate you bringing me on the show. No problem at all, man. How you been? I've been good. Been super busy for sure. Uh, been excited to come do the show. I've been seeing the episodes you guys have been dropping. A bunch of my friends on here. Yeah, man. We had Mitzi. Uh, by the time it clears out, uh, Lynn K. I don't know if you know Lynn K. Hello. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Shout out Lynn K. She's fucking hilarious. Um, she's the kind of person that's probably bursting at the seams, like as far as work that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last night, uh, actually, from when we we're uh, shooting this, her, Roscoe, Brian Dixon, and uh, Cepeda were down in Norman for the finals of that. Uh, oh yeah, contest. the Othellos. Um, yeah, I didn't even know about that really until today or yesterday, and I might have known about it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. And then I saw seeing all of them kind of getting to the bottom or the top, I guess. And it's uh, confusing whether you're top or bottom. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever hole we're putting it in. Uh, but yeah, they're all fucking hilarious. So honestly, I think every single one of them has a chance to get to the finish line. It's interesting because I don't know comedians from like these other Oklahoma places. So I only know like what the best are here in Tulsa. And I mean, and obviously that's, you know, subjective, but all of those people that you've talked about, they're fucking great. So yeah. it's like, which one of them is going to be the one to get it? That's yeah. like the fucking question I have. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know the results. Uh, I just, you know, good luck to everybody that was there last night. Uh, one thing I will say though, God damn, Everyone in this fucking community, for the most part, has been so fucking supportive. It really is a supportive community, um, and I think that there's, I would, I, I only know this comedy scene, so I can't speak for others, but I know there's like cliques that develop over. Naturally, you're gonna click everywhere, right? Yeah. It's like the type of people that you're drawn to, or the type of comedy you're doing, or whatever. But also, personal attitudes of being creative people and supportive so like when you're talking about going to a mic i'll say there's certain mics that draw a certain crowd but of all the great ones they're great because anybody who is great can go there and do their bits and it becomes the jam to work out your material of course and yep. then it's also funny because and this is going to sound egotistical and I don't mean it to, but like when you're sitting in a room, like after you've been in the scene for long enough, you kind of can look around the room and know who the great people are. And like each one of these spots, it's funny. They're just trying to get you to come to their spot because they want their spot to be great. But inherently each one of these spots is great all on its own because it exists already. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like the more spots we have with their own unique like niche, right. uh, like try try. There should be a competition. Exactly. There and should be well, a fellowship. It should be a fair. Like honestly, comedians want to work, yep. so they're gonna go anywhere that there is a mic to do shit at. The and only if the time, drinks are, are affordable. Exactly for sure. The only time that comedians are gonna say no is like if there's some strange relationship with the venue owner or something. But regardless, if there's a mic, I'd say if you book them, they will come. Yeah. And also, like, comedians need to know what they're getting into, too, for each venue, too. Like, like, uh, there's some venues that want more clean material than... Like, yeah, I don't care and, like, for that shit, honestly. I, I, I don't... I me, respect it. I respect the venue. I feel like... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you off, no, but... No, you're fine, man. We're the both censorship, smoking and drinking, too. It's okay. The censorship <laughs> shit frustrates me to no end. 
because I I will admit that I think that your sensor is the venue owner. Yes. And so however crazy, hardcore, hardline your fucking material is, like, these people are paying your fucking checks. It doesn't matter what anybody in that crowd thinks. It matters what the person that's fucking paying you to be on the bill thinks. Agreed. So you got to respect that level of it. And if you don't like that, then you got to work with somebody else. Yeah. For me personally, I don't want to do clean shit. And, like, I will do some clean shit. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Honestly, I fucking hate people that get pissed off about cuss words. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Quit being a fucking whiny-ass baby, for one. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody fucking cares that you're like, oh, you said it cares, man. I, I personally agree 100%. I also want to just, like, shout out what your opinion was on the personal promoter thing. Because I look at it the same way as... You I'm know, this out. that's fine. Uh, my material is pretty, pretty crass. Yeah, it's wild. And it's wild to see you go up once at least. And it was, yeah. I thought, a very entertaining fucking wild. Thank you. But I also know that it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So like you said with the promoters, it, it's up to the promoter to dictate what they're approving at their own venue. Exactly. And so if you sign up for that. You know what the fuck you're, you're getting, getting paid into. for. Right. Uh, I look at it like the same way. Uh, years ago, I worked for a cell phone company. Okay. And as you can see, I have a lot of different fucking tattoos everywhere. Right, right. This one cell phone company I went to, I'm not going to name names, but like they wanted me to be like completely covered up 100%. Of course, the old QT yeah. service. And like my fellow coworkers were like, that's so bullshit and stuff. And I'm like, it's not. I know what I'm signing up you for. You agreed to it as a pre-agreement yeah. before the job started. Like I got the tattoos. I knew that going in, if I was going to get a job, like, this certain thing, I had to do certain things. Right. Uh, it's not my personal, you know, war to fight on or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And then it's also, a- you got to choose your fucking battles. Yeah, agree. So if you're doing wild, crazy shit, like you know the places. If you're doing comedy for a fucking week in Tulsa. You know the places where you can get away with that kind of shit. And then furthermore, you want to get fucking laughs, so why would you fucking go to a place that doesn't accept that and try to force your comedy? Yeah. Like, just go to the spots that you know are going to be... For me personally, of course, I do a lot of weed comedy, but I also don't want to see people, like, using weed as a cop-out to suck. So, like, whenever people walk up on stage and they're like, oh, I'm so high... Like, yeah, okay, we're all fucking high. Like, that's what we're here for. But yeah. don't think that that's going to... Like, if we're at an open mic, that's different. Yeah. You can suck if you want to. I suck a lot at open mics. It's the point of being at I open mic. I suck at open mics, too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole point of fucking also. being there. I got to remind <laughs> myself to just go suck sometimes because you want to kill every fucking time. And you're just like... I'm thinking about it the whole time, and I've watched everybody kill. And I'm like, fuck. I got to do this shit. And you're like, wait a second. No, like I got new jokes. Like I need to do these fucking new jokes. Yeah. Like it might suck. Like I can't just think about killing because everybody else killed. I know I just went to a whole different train of thought here. You're but fine, man. That's what, that's what this show is about, man. We want to unload. That's where I'm at with it was like when you, right now I'm doing new shit. I did new shit the last two or three times. Nice. So, like, at the cellar, I thought it was really silly because my new shit, I was, like, segueing into it based off the riff show that I did with Brett Jeffries. Yeah. And that was really silly of me, but I was just, like, it's a topical show. 
you have to draw a topic out of a hat. The riff show is That's, like that sounds like fun. Well, so the whole thing is is like you don't know what you're gonna get. You gotta pull a topic out of the hat and you gotta riff three minutes on it or five minutes, whatever the deal is. And then it's a competition to see who riffed the best. So I felt like I did well on the show, but in my heart, it felt like a great open mic performance. Like I didn't feel like I killed. And yeah. I was like, you know, you're a fucking comedian. You want to fucking kill. If it was a good time, the show was great. Other comedians did fucking kill. Shout out to uh, Brian Dixon for winning that show. Shout out Brian Dixon. Yeah, Brian man. Dixon fucking killed. But Cepeda Cheeks was also a close runner up, made it into the top three. And Hilton Price also was killing throughout the entire show, uh, made it into the top three. So, anyways, what I'm getting at is I went up and I did my shit. And the shit was fine. But yeah. I walked out of there thinking, like, fuck, I got to go to the cellar now. Yeah. I got more shit to let off. Yeah. And so, ironically enough, or not ironically, excuse me, coincidentally a fuck enough, goddamn Roscoe, they're Shout doing, out Roscoe, man. Right, Shout out Roscoe. They were doing the same draw some shit out of a hat, right? Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, here I am. Like, with all these, because I knew the topics that are in the hat. Yeah. So I had like a riff. Not for everything, but, like, I look down the list, and as soon as something pops in my head, I write it to it, you know? Yeah. So there was some shit I had to riff on. So when I got to the cellar, I'm just like, yo, I got these topics. Yeah. Topic one, boom, go. Go, go, go. And I felt like it was a kill. It was a 7 out of 10 at least. Nice. Riding nice. high. Felt like more of a kill than I was oh, on that which weekend was show. that? What was the This topic? was, like, last Sunday, I think. Okay, so the topic was their, their engagement? Yes. Yeah, I was there. Was I was there. And so it was so funny because I'm like, fucking, I don't know uh, this woman at all, but I know Roscoe a little bit. So I fucking made a little sly comment about him or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was a great time. I love the fucking cellar. I love it's the so funny. Cellar, it's honestly like one of my favorite spots, but I'm not there enough because my wife does comedy. Shout out to Michaela uh she we take turns so like she goes on some nights i go on other nights i'm watching the baby or chilling at the house she's got a show tonight the riff show literally happening tonight nice shout out riff show shout out riff show whatever it is. is renaissance brewing company i think oh i was just there last night so that's a great spot they do yeah. great shows there yeah i was there last night for the roast battle Oh, the roast battle. Yeah. You were in it, right? Yeah, I was in nice. it. Nice. I, I was hanging out with Trash today. Not hanging out with I was talking to Trash today about it. Shout out, Trash. Trash, Ch Trash I still want you on the hero. show, man. He's coming. I'm going to give you him got, a ride. You got an open invite to unloading me. Anyway. Well, and then so Nicolo, the dude that's a singer in my band. Yeah. He would have been my backup. Oh, oh, really? He's the singer in your band? Uh -huh. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. He would have been my backup to come today, but he's going to do Hilton Price's podcast right now okay so yeah i've, I've met nicolo a couple of times dude he's the best yeah he's fucking hilarious we have uh nicolo burkett productions together i'm his partner on that and that is how we're able to do the hash on the mic shows nice so that is going to be a monthly thing but it'll be every other month in tulsa and every other month in okc well, eventually down the line, I want uh, I want to be booked on it, dude. I got you. I tell everybody the same thing. We want all of our friends and funniest people we know to be on the show, and it's going to be monthly. So 
whenever you tell me that you want to be on it, I'm putting you on a list. You'll get on it. Don't be discouraged it's, if we're we're booking them out like months in advance. So like we have a list going, but you would be on the list. So it's exactly like this podcast. Um, exactly. We're doing this. Exactly. Uh, we have at this time, I think up to 18 people booked. Right. So uh, there's people that I have, I have recorded right now and they're like, Hey man, when's the episode drop? When's the episode drop? And I'm like, guys, we got to go through the editing and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to be dude, one a I week and we got to make sure we got this stuff up. It planned out. It takes a lot more in the editing side of house than people really understand for yeah. sure. Even like when we make like a reel for Instagram, yeah, it could be 15 minutes worth of like capturing film and doing shit. And then a whole nother day of like editing it down to like whatever it's going to be. Well, it's like in the time of this recording, like I have a car wreck at the end of January and I'm still dealing with MRIs and cats. Ooh, less shit. Sorry, you have to deal with that. Yeah. And like that, I, I got in a car wreck two days before Roscoe built me for my first showcase. Nice. That's fucking the worst timing ever. Yeah. Obviously. And so, um, I have like two bulge discs in my neck and I oh, have like shit. my right arm. I can't like really grip a lot of shit with my right hand or write a lot. And I have, like, no feeling sometimes in my whole right arm. It sucks. So I'm going through that and still trying to do my comedy and stuff. And, like, Stefano and me are doing, like, the emails and stuff like that. And we put out, like, a statement, like, a couple, like, a week ago. I, like, to, I remember. That's super professional, though. It's and like, I guys, like just give us some patience. <laughs> We're honestly, trying. <laughs> I don't know how many people are fucking blowing you up. But I can imagine from my excitement of doing the show that it's probably a lot. But just... Same thing as I'm getting right now with this show that I'm doing. It's a Don't good thing. Don't feel fucking bad. People understand, like, I mean, honestly, it's so much work that goes into putting on one fucking show or for you guys one episode. Yeah. And, like, people may see that. They may not, you know. But it's like, dude, I'm doing a once-a-month thing. You guys are doing, like, however many a month. It's a lot of effort. Yeah, we're people doing understand weekly. that shit. Weekly with sometimes bonus episodes. Depending honestly, on when I saw y'all's message... I was like, I'm so fucking busy in the same fucking way that it was a sigh of relief. Like, in the cancellation that we had that day, I'm yeah. like, woo, okay, I can just yeah. sleep now or fucking hang out with the fam or whatever. Like, that's just like a block of time that I got back. So yeah. I was not hating at all. It was totally fine. Yeah, we've had a lot of ups and downs with the, with the cameras and stuff like that. And then just like, like I said, the there's car so much technology the, yeah. in this room. You got it <laughs> fucking locked down now. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's but, like with the band shit, it's the same kind of thing where we all have our instruments and different accessories or whatever. And there's going to be moments where you're like right about to do the fucking thing and something doesn't work. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I wish we had a backup for that. Yeah. Like, Dude, so much. Like, we're literally doing the Hash on the Mic show, the second one, and we pre-planned so much extra effort into it based on the lessons learned from the first one Yeah, to where we're having walkout songs for the comedians, but I'm also having music playing for, like, the dabbing time. But at a moment, the shit was not working. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. I'm not so high that I can't figure this out. Yeah. It's just not fucking working. And I don't want people to think that we're like just super fucking high, carelessly doing it. It's like, no, I'm trying to present you a badass fucking show. And, and there's then, a certain level standard quality. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually I gave up on it and I feel bad. Shout out to fucking Nicolo because he didn't get his fucking walkout song. But I was like, dude, I don't fucking know what's yeah. going on here. 
That happened and, my showcase. I had my uh, Aloni Meat theme ready for it, and Roscoe, right, right before we started going, something happened, and, like, all the music didn't work. You got to just power through. It sucks. Like, there's been times I was on shows, like, specifically a good, not a showcase. It was a good show, though, and, like, the wireless microphone wasn't working. Yeah. And we go back and forth with the sound guy enough to where I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going to yell. And I just yell the first quarter of my bit. And then finally it comes back on and you're like, do I retell the whole first quarter or do I just keep going through? Well, so anyways, back to this hash on the mic situation. Uh, Shout out to Oscar from the uh, Tulsa Sound podcast. He works there, not working there, but he's there as a fucking character and a patron. Sure. He can run this soundboard like nobody else. And so he is immediately jumping on it like, yo, what the fuck's going on? I got you. Like, let's figure this shit out. And I'm like, I've seen some fucking soundboards before, so I'm not trying to sound idiotic. Yeah. But I knew that nothing that I fucking tried would work. And I tried all the fucking normal idiot shit. And I was like, this is a lot to look at. And he's like, no, bro, it's not really. It's just like, like one of these rows. That's just one thing. And it's just a bunch of those. And I'm like, okay, well, figure out whichever one of these fucking knobs we got to figure out yeah. to make this thing. And he, I was giving up on it, and he was like, no, bro, this is your show. Like, I want your fucking show to go off how you guys intended it to. Yeah. And sure enough, he found that fucking knob. So well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched, like, the Wu-Tang Clan show or anything on Hulu. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, like, when you see, like, Riz's, like, soundboard, like, art in the in the studio, it's just, like, this massive thing. You're like, whoa, that's fucking overwhelming. Right. And uh, there's even a new episode where one of the, the uh, one of the latest episode, one of the rappers goes down to his studio, and he has, a, like, nobody touch my shit, and he starts dabbling with how to reproduce. He just starts, you know, getting around with the shit and figuring it out. And it, it was kind of, like... It was like, hell yeah, I kind of felt that same way like when I got like a soundboard like this. like this, Even this is a small yeah, thing. Yeah, that thing's sick, though. But like even this was like, okay, well, what does each thing what do? Does each the thing lanes. Do, right? And once you started doing that, my anxiety went down. And yeah, you so subdivided it into, I only have to think about this one thing of it. Yeah. And then in, on this big board they have there, it is like that. It's just channel, 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 which they have a Bluetooth thing that's plugged into one channel. So at first we were focusing all of our attention on that yeah. being the error. But what had happened was while we were in like a pre-show intermission state, yeah. my phone disconnected from the Bluetooth. Oh, shit. To which it caused a beeping sound to notify you, right? Yeah. And I'm out here mixing and mingling, like talking with the people. We have booths out there and shit. So I'm like, you know, making sure my vendors are good, you know, talking to the customers and uh, I didn't know about any of this shit. I never heard the beep. And so somebody uh, went over there and turned the knob down for the beep. Yeah. And so there was just this one knob that was the answer to all of this. Yeah. So luckily, I would say three quarters of the show went off without a hitch. It makes all the fucking difference because if you have somebody dabbing in that moment, that's dead air. Yeah. And so before... Here's the duality of it. I want to break it down on this show because I think it's interesting as fuck um, because this is a dabbing show. So as a consumer, do you want to see this comedian do five to seven minutes 
and then stop what they're doing and sit there and hang out while a dab is being cooked. And then the host comes back on and does some shit while these people are doing the thing. Or do you want to see the dabs already pre-cooked? The comedian does the five minutes, music comes on, they rip the dab and come back and do their shit. I kind of like option B. Okay, that's kind of what we did this last one, and it worked very well once we had the sound figured out. As a consumer, that just sounds like a, a more it's fun faster, experience. It's faster to the point. So basically what's going on is that Nicolo or myself are cooking the dab off the couch, chilling in the background while this person's doing their set. We got the clock on the ground. They're looking at it. They know when they're coming to dab time, and then... Preferably, we're ready there with it, and I'll trigger their song that they requested, but, like, in the clip so that it's just for this moment. Yeah. I think it worked. Yeah. It took us a minute to get to that, but so, like, on this next show, we're going to do an OKC at the OK Culture Lounge. Nice. I'm going to be there hosting, but I'm not going to do, like, a full set. Okay. Normally, it would be Nicola and I doing full sets. He's going to do a full set. He's fucking headliner. He's yeah. a fucking killer. Like, not necessarily, he's not headlining for this show. We have some other great acts. Uh, but you're emceeing, man. I mean, I'm it, just going to emcee, right? That's what I'm trying to treat it more like. We need these comedians to do more time, and I'll just come up there and, like, fill the space. Yeah. And it, honestly, man, an emcee has to be kind of like an open micer a little bit. You have to be on the fly doing some fucking. Uh, crowd work, shit like that, and you can make it into an open mic if you really take it. That's, that's a fun whole, experience. That's the whole thing is, like, with hosting it originally, I would host it and try to be an MC, but we were also figuring out the dynamics of the show. But sure. I would go up there and do, like, seven minutes. And I think whenever I have some new material and I have, like, a new 15 minutes, I want to come back and, like, do that show in that yeah. way. But for now, I'm more or less trying to highlight the great comedians that we got booked on the show. Yeah. So let them fucking have the shine. They are the ones killing it. Yeah. And I'm just, honestly, I know these people and I love these people. So I've been, like, working on quips about them personally. Yeah. For bringing them up and shit, you know. Thunderwolf, Dakota Six Killer, Lacey Reigns. Those are, like. Lacey Reigns was one of the hosts last night. Dude, she's a fucking killer she's a hilarious hilarious killer. shout idiot. out to butter sluts a traveling clown <laughs> fucking killer shout out Lacey. uh she's actually gonna get booked on the show she's uh, we're working on the schedule right now uh she's a fucking killer yeah um when i so she did the uh mac taylor's comedy review shout out to mac taylor i'm not trying to name drop but hey. this was like the first experience i had with Lacey. if ever i had seen her at the cellar one night before if ever there's a podcast to name drop, it's this one for Tulsa Comedy. Like yeah. I said, I want this to be a spotlight for everybody. So name drop away. Fuck yeah. Guys, if you want your name on here, feel free and we will shout you out. I want this to be a spotlight for everybody. Let's promote, I'm shouting, get I'm going to shout out everybody that's fucking hooked me up or people that I've worked with that I think are great. So Mac Taylor, she's a fucking hero. Straight up, the Mac Taylor Comedy Review is one of the greatest shows in Tulsa. And honestly, I knew about it. Like when I first started doing shit out here and like working with this band, because my boy Nicola was on the show. Yeah. And the whole time I was just like, fuck, I want to be on this show, dude. This shit is cool. I want to do sketch. I want to learn fucking sketch. I want to do more sketch shit. Yeah. And so I knew that I was like still new to the craft in general. So I wasn't going to put myself out there yet. 
And uh, eventually I did, and Mac Taylor did put me on. And she put on fucking Trash too, and that was a high fucking risk situation, if you know Trash. <laughs> I know Trash. Right, and so, you know. Me and him rap, uh, Rose battle last night. I fucking suggested Trash for Mac Taylor's talent show, to which he did, and he fucking killed. I thought it was good. It was scary because, you know, there's some topics that we would prefer Trash not to get into. Yeah. And Trash is, like, super fucking receptive to whatever you want to give him, and he wants a platform to do Trash. Yeah. So he's respectful as fuck to, like, you know, whatever situation it is. So anyways, we that's why I was really drawn to what you're trying to do, and I think people want to hate or like be skeptical yeah and it's because they're upset slash afraid that they didn't do the thing they wanted yeah. to do the whole time and somebody else is doing it yeah and i'm like look you're doing it you're already fucking doing it this is happening i'm working on doing it but you're already literally fucking doing it and then even if i was doing it too there's still enough pieces of the pie for everybody to be fucking doing it yeah nicola went to his place to go do it with these other people or whatever but when i see what you're doing what i'm trying to do is create the culture you are perpetuating that yeah so we should support your thing and everybody that you've had on so far has been legit and i would never like try to tell you who to or not have on or whatever. I feel like you're already a pretty good judge of that or whatever, but there's these venue people that they go to these open mics to try to fish people. Yeah. Sometimes they fish the wrong people and it's like, fuck, I'm not trying to discourage their successful path. Yeah. But like, God damn, they weren't ready for a show yet or something. You know what I mean? So, was she a hooker or prostitute sex worker? I'm not trying to shame. I'm just more curious. She wasn't. You went on a date. How the fuck are you getting laid? And how the fuck are you not needing a company like blue chew? Who coincidentally is not sponsoring today's episode of unloading meat, but they could be, they could be. If you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like blue chew and tell them to sponsor this show. Now, Back to the episode. And we're back, guys, with Dylan Walters. Right? Dylan Walters. Dylan Walters. I'm, I'm high uh, right now, so like names are always shitty for me. It's okay. <laughs> we'll do that again. I'm going. Uh, and we're back with Dylan Walters, guys. <laughs> it's me, Dylan Walters. I didn't mess up the name at all the first time we came back. Some people know me as Killin' Alters. That's the sex thief name. Oh, I thought that was like some kind of anti-religious thing. Like you go to interrupt weddings. I mean, no, (laughs) it's just a punk rock band name. It's silly, but then Terp Tobane is like my Terp Tobane. Yeah, Terp Tobane. That's cool. That's what I'm known as on the Instagram. I like to think I'm fucking Instagram famous, but I've got like 870 followers, dude. They only like me from this one fucking disc golf video i did back in like 2020 we'll share the shit, shit out of this episode when it drops man oh it's funny uh turp tobane though that's like my weed moniker right um dylan walters is me that's what i do all my comedy and work as 
but sometimes like if I'm doing a weed event, I'll go up as Terp Tobain and it's kind of an alter ego of like more stonerness. Yeah. Uh, but my punk rock version of myself killing alters, that's like a whole different animal. The last show that we did at the Mercury Lounge, like, honestly, I don't even fucking remember the set. And like, it was like so much effort to sit there and like power through it. I was just like, ah, I was in the zone. I was in what some people call the flow state, if you will. Yep. Been there. And I was really worried about this dipshit fucking uh, standing guitar player that we had hired for the thing. But they were doing fine. And we just, ba-bam, 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 like powered through each like section, if you will. Like, dude, I left our fucking merch there. Like, oh. I left my jacket there. Like, it was like such a thing where I was like just in the fucking zone. Yeah. I was just fucking amped and like it was the fastest music we've ever played, fastest song we've ever written, kind of thing. Like, kind of turned three songs into two. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just weird. Me and my other bandmates talking about it after the fact. And I'm like, bro, I don't even fucking remember anything other than looking at this group of people. Also, we have a newer keyboardist. Shout out to Draven, who's also a comedian. Holy shit. You guys all have are in the band, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Uh, Draven's a fucking killer on the comedian side. But they're playing fucking keys. And me and Draven have like a special connection in the ethereal fucking music world where I'm like motioning and emotioning to changes in the song, playing very similar riffs throughout. So that's what I was in the zone about. It's weird. Like other times I've been very present and aware of the crowd. And sometimes I've been way too focused on the sound. Like the sound is terrible to me. Yeah. And I'm just like, can't hear shit. But now I'm like learning from Nicolo and Kian, the drummer, that like if we know the song well enough, like you don't need to hear it. You just fucking play it. Yeah. Fucking get it, you know? And that shit works well enough. Is it original or are you guys cut doing covers? Or uh, mostly originals. We have like one Gigi Allen cover that we do. Which is fucking funny as fuck to me, honestly, because we only ever do it if somebody requires an encore, <laughs> and it's it's bite it, you scum. Ooh. But to me, I'm so fucking dumb, and I don't know shit about Gigi Allen or whatever. I know enough about Gigi Allen, but I thought, like, I just know the three chords of the song, and these are the three notes that we're playing. That's what I'm fucking worried about. And I thought he was saying, Biden, you scum, Biden. And I'm like, everybody's fucking just throwing down on this political fucking rant. And it's really just bite it, you scum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fucking thought they were on some other shit, dude. <laughs> well, if you ever need a, uh, a fat guy with a high-pitched singing voice to come in for a guest spot, let me know. Well, so it's interesting you would say that because we have – this classic like right now we're recording this new ep we just went in the studio and recorded some singles <coughs> and we have to not just, that i'm looking for a gig or anything i'm just well no i'm not i'm gonna throw back to this old song that we got where we never written recorded this one 
but it lived live and it was slime cop and so when we played slime cop we would have a character come out in a giant slime ball fucking outfit uh and then there would be another character that was a cop and so basically the slime cop character was like an amalgamation of fucking uh robocop and the toxic avenger okay so essentially this cop was like a trail ass motherfucker and was snitching on all the bad cops for being dickheads and they were like whoa we can't have this fucking cool cop being fucking cool and so they threw him in a vat of fucking acid to which he came out as like slime cop so his whole thing was that he would just slime fucking cops so like so like he just goes to the Minnesota Police Department and is like not my slime so yeah, so while we were playing the song, essentially Slime Cop would come running out, and then a cop would come out, and then Slime Cop would fucking handle that motherfucker. You know, it's a very a cab type of song. It's it's pretty cool. I'm getting uh, it's always sunny vibes when they did their fucking <laughs> musical. Yes, yes, very much. The, the so troll like toll, that. right? For the boys' hole kind of thing. Yeah, pay the troll. But yeah, but I like the concept. You could man. be a fucking slime cop, is what I'm getting at. I, 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 if you wanted me to audition for slime cop, I would audition for slime. We cop. need a permanent slime cop. It's funny. Let me know, man. We were in the studio the other day. We had to play. We're recording these two and a half new songs. I'm calling it two and a half because at the end of one song, we're playing this other thing, and it's like it could be considered its own song, but it's more for like the live like powerfulness of it like it's like yeah. an ending of something or whatever uh but while we were in there like in between you know sessions or whatever we're like just playing the songs that we love and that slime cop <laughs> sorry excuse me it's the alcohol man it's okay we're good the slime cop song comes up and it's like my guitarist is just like riffing on it and i'm over here like I don't even remember it, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to like play the notes over here, like, oh, it's this one and that one and this one and that one and oh, it's not that one, but it's kind of over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, we've been focusing so much on these new songs. It's so funny because like, if I sat there with my guitar player for five minutes, I would relearn the song. No big deal. It comes back, but sure, you're just like, fuck, dude, like. We've been riff like we played a whole show that we prepped for that was literally just the three song show. Normally we're like doing thirty minute rehearsal. It's just weird. It's just weird when you forget a song you played a thousand times. Sure, it's kind of like whenever you like rehearse and rehearse your open mic shit for like a whole time, and then like you go out there in a minute, it's like a whole minute of it or something like that. Dude, let me tell you about this fucking Mac Taylor shit. Okay, so when I was on this Mac Taylor show. Never done sketches before, never done, uh, you know, I I was going to be a stand-up comedian on the shit, but I was not there for that. Sure. Like, that was going to be in my back pocket. That was fucking fine. I got that shit on lock anytime. This was like, I was, I wrote my own sketch. I had people on the cast in my own sketch. And then I was in other people's sketches. And uh, before, when we were doing our dress rehearsal, we were doing like kind of this block out thing with my sketch 
And I was like telling Mac, like, dude, I wrote the sketches. Like, I know the fucking lines. Yeah. Like, do not fucking doubt me because I wrote the shit. Yeah. And then there I was up on stage, like forgetting everything. Yeah. And she's just like, it's blocked out. Let's fucking do this. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And like, I'm over here, like contemplating, cheating on my phone, like leaving it on the stage. To, and I'm like, dude, there's no way. Like, you fucking know this shit. Yeah. Like, you fucking know this shit. We've been working on this shit for a minute. But it was my first time ever doing that. And I thought that there was, like, nothing in my soul of stage fright yeah. left. But, dude, it happened. Hardcore. Um, I, like, froze up in, like, anxiety panic attack mode. Yeah. To where I had to, like, stop the rehearsal. Um, It was, like... It's so holy funny. shit. We got to do this show in 30 minutes. I was like feeling so bad because I wanted Mac to know that I was like fully prepared. And also like there was a confusion with trash because I was supposed to bring him there. Yeah. And I did not shout out trash. Yeah. I was a fucking asshole, but my wife's like trying to get a babysitter and like, she's got to go pick the babysitters up and shit. Yeah. And I'm just telling Mac, like, oh, fuck, trash isn't here. It's not his fault at all. But then really this moment of me freezing up, like, woo, dude, it was like, like I've been through some harrowing shit in life. Yeah. Some facing death down shit. And this was one of those moments where I was like, <laughs> you feel it in your chest. Yeah, like, holy fuck. And I was just like, stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. You know, yep. and then later on, of course, you know, Miak and I came together about this moment and she was like, you had to get that over with before it was like when we were doing our fucking show. You had to get it out of the way. Right. And we did the show and the first sketch was good. It was great to the crowd, but we knew what we could do better, you know. But then I think later on when I came in on Lacey's sketches, I think that where they thought I might not know the whole line. I did know the line. I felt like I was fine. It was like, yeah. I brought it back. Yeah. Brought it fucking back. All right, cool. But goddamn, you're never not thinking about that fucking worst moment. Yeah. Never go. And also when you bomb, you're bombing for the ever again until you don't. Yeah. In your head, when you wake up in the morning, like I got to go to work. I have like a whole pressure sensitive list of shit to do at work but if we go hit the mic on wednesday night and it's a bomb it's not that and it's not not that until sunday night word you know what I agreed because it'll dwell i'll dwell on it for a while which is ironic because i have it at the cellar dweller but uh, <laughs> uh right but uh yeah uh that shit happened and then hell man i had my show first showcase at the cellar cellar had a 10 minute set uh my first gig like actual showcase. how do you feel with 10 minutes well, Do you have more than 10 minutes? I'll tell you, yes. Good. Um, my first 10 minutes set, I actually did about eight, eight and a half. Okay. Because a minute and a half do, in the middle I do, of it, I've I blanked. That. I've done that. I've and done the funniest that. part about of this blanking is it was the part where I was going to roast Roscoe, and he's sitting literally this close uh, to me. You know the cellar. Yes, yes, so yes. So he's like right here Such looking at me. interesting room already. Yeah. So if you're like, dude, I was not a pro comedian but i would consider myself an intermediate comedian sure and i finally got to do the cellar after a year of fucking hype and then looking down that split wall 
this way and that way. Like the one night I fucking did it the first time, it was like a fully loaded pocket over here. Yeah. As well as over here. And you know how it is when you're looking over here at all the best comedians you know. And then you're looking over here at fucking normies or whoever's there and friends and whatever. I'm making you laugh. Fuck all y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. Because they know me. They've already seen my shit. Like, I've been... The first time I ever went to the cellar... Yeah. I was so fucking high. I was, like, literally just forcing myself to go do a mic. And I was like, bro, I've been saying I'm coming to this mic forever and i never fucking come yeah because it's sunday night dude well dude that's how i feel about it uh, at four o'clock in the fucking morning that's how i feel about uh i feel horrible but there's a place called uh sesh lounge yeah that's the spot yeah that's and, the new spot yeah and like the guys there are super nice patrick patrick yeah he's super nice super supportive of the cult comedy scene and i've been telling him like guys i'll be out there for your open mic they do it every other thursday yeah Every time that they have one, I've either had to do an MRI, uh, my daughter's had a choir see, thing, or I got in a car wreck. Well, so, they, <laughs> look, shout out to the Sesh Lounge. That's where we do hash on the mic. Yeah. And the cultural event that is happening at the Sesh Lounge will be looked back on in history as a comedy store level event where a lot I of agree. these I agree. comedians that you see coming out of here like dude literally dakota six killer fucking i mean i don't want to fucking go through a list because you know who's great out there sure nicola burkett trevor carry on all these female comedians out there fucking killing it kells cooper lacey reigns fucking i could give you the fucking list of who my favorite people are right now but what i'm talking about is looking back on this fucking spot 10 years from now and you're gonna see people with Netflix specials and HBO specials and you're going to be like, oh, they fucking cut their teeth at the Sesh Lounge or at the Cellar or Well, let's be fair. If it's 10 years from now, it's going to be the Disney Plus, Discovery Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu Plus. Right. The whole subscription of all. (laughs) Yeah. You got We're going to be back to DirecTV. The Traveling Clown. Fucking hour and a half special of glory. So was it like, did they like owe you, your family a, a debt or something? Was it like Hatfields versus McCoys? No. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, how are you getting laid more than I am? And how are you needing, how are you not needing a sponsor like Blue Chew? Which again, could be a sponsor of Unloading Meat, but they're not right now. If you'd like to change that and stop hearing about Stefano's sexual escapades, reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the episode. But yeah, so these people, I think, at the Sesh Lounge want to build a cultural fucking place. They want to build a place where we as comedians want to just go hang out. Well, guys, like, Sesh Lounge, getting ready for those. I would love to talk to you guys more. I think, like... I really would, guys. I would the love to talk to you guys more. Thursday night shit. Literally, all of me and my best friends just hanging out. And then, oh, fuck. Honestly, I'll say this shit to the host of that fucking open mic. Literally, when it was over, we're all sitting there, like, wishing we could go up again. 
So like if we could do the first open mic, that's like a double round fucking open mic of like when it's over, like I know shout out to the Sesh Lounge and Nature's Cure is a dispo. They want people in those seats fucking buying shit next door. But if we could finish the show and then take an intermesh, everybody gets ripped. And then whoever's left standing, let's do another round of sets. Like I, I, I have some creative ideas for my own open mics too. Nice. What um, do you got? So you are obviously into music. Yes. I am too, but not to a professional over like that. Um, I've talked on other pods before. Uh, what got me back into comedy was karaoke. Nice. I love um, that. I love that. It was getting my stage presence. It was getting my, me back on there in front of crowds. Cause like I got during COVID, I was at the point where I couldn't go outside. Uh, I, last time I tried to sign up with my now ex-wife for karaoke, I had a panic attack just signing up. Ooh, crowds, yes. crowds in general would scare the shit out of me. Um, and now you see I'm doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, now you're out there doing it. So that's kind of where I've been in two years. That's a um, good progression, though. So that being said, I, during COVID and stuff like that, and whenever my, my wife left me and stuff like that, I found there's a worldwide Discord karaoke. Oh. It's called Karaoke Lounge. Shout out to Marta, who makes it. Nice. And, Shout out uh, to Marta. Uh it has like a million people on it and it's like people from Japan, Germany, nice. all worldwide. And they're just doing karaoke. They sign up on there and just do karaoke and everybody's super supportive. I love and it. And it's a cool community. And like, I always thought that would be kind of cool to mix a little bit of karaoke with some stand up or some open mics. Interesting. So I thought about like, do your set and we smoke or something like that. Come back, do your set again. And then you draw from a bucket and we have to make you do like a, a karaoke song or something like that. So if you do a set, you have to do a song. Yeah. You end it with a song. That's it. That's fucking the premise right there. Yeah. That would kill. Yeah. Smoke honestly, and sing. Smoke and sing. Honestly, was dwindled down this fucking cesspool of fucking great comedy yeah. by ensuring that if you're going to come up here and get some laughs, you got to give us a song. Yeah. And also if you bomb, we get to choose a song or the genre. Oh, yes. I Fucking, think that's good. Yes. I love that. So that's you, my concept. Stakes. There's stakes right here, y'all. That's my concept. Anybody in Tulsa that wants to have me as a host or an MC of an open mic, I can do this concept. Reach out to me, guys. So we were talking about the roast battle, which Brian Bizjack hosts. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's at this brewing company most of the time. I don't know if they revolve doors, but you were on it last night, yeah, right? Yeah, last night. How'd that go? I won one out of my four rounds. Nice, uh, nice. For the first time, dude, I thought I'd be pretty good. I had a fun experience. That place is awesome looking. The place is awesome. Good venue. The crowd was pretty good. Uh, it's easy to fill up the space, which yeah. feels good. Yeah, and like you can feel the last. And like, honestly, it's just a good vibe. I'll, I'll be back, definitely. Shout out to Brian for hosting that thing. He's been hosting it for years, and I think that they have like uh, like a – milestone moment of how many shows they've had and then i did one and so i will say this to brian i'm not not signing up for these ones because i'm a little punk ass bitch but i just been busy i'll come <laughs> back to one i know i told you i'd be back on the next one after i got my fucking ass handed to me but it's not because of that i love you all i'll come back for sure i've been like i've been working on the roast okay so, fuck, now that we got trash on there, yeah, we got, I got some people, I mean, fuck, dude, I thought I was going to do well the first time because it had Draven and fucking 
Dakota Six Killer on there, yeah. and I just went on there and talked about how nice they were, and I gave them compliments. I thought about <laughs> doing that once, uh, kind of like the uh, the Jonah Hill kind of roast the way you did it. Yeah, I know. I was just like, oh, uh, I think one of the jokes was like, oh, it was the worst, dude. I'm like, did you ever see the Jonah Hill roast of James Franco? Um, I I feel like I have seen it, but it's been a long time. So like, he went up there and. His whole entire roast for like five minutes was nothing but just complimenting and like, oh, you're so funny. It was such a good time. And he's just so bashful and just doing that. Like, <laughs> that's him for five minutes. And it's hilarious. But he's he's doing backhanded compliments to each other, everybody. Like, you were so funny. Oh, you're just so fat now and stuff like that. Just like, just little insults. I, I said the dumbest shit like, uh, you look like a rich person that looks rich. <laughs> I, I, they're I, like oh yeah yeah i've been going for that that's what exactly what i was what i was trying to do i told trash i said trash you look like you haven't taken a bath in a month and simultaneously look wet all the time how the fuck is that possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that water trash is like a word that it's a double word that people aren't super familiar with but Water trash is the worst kind of trash. Yeah. It's just a bag of trash has been sitting out there in the puddle, in the rain. You know, I love trash to death. He's not always water trash, but sometimes when he comes out drunk <laughs> as fuck, I'll call him water trash. Uh, yeah. So, man, what else we want to talk about today? Okay, so let me talk about my band. We okay, talk about talk my about, band. Let's talk about the band, man. So I'm in this band, and we're called Sex Thief, Ooh, which is that sounds hot, right? It's a hot name. Uh, it derives <laughs> sorry plenty of controversy. Uh, everybody's like, oh, does that mean rape? Are you guys the rapist? It's like no, it's not what it means. There's so much hor- like historical connotation uh, here in Tulsa with the punk scene. So for instance, a big historical moniker that we've talked about a bunch of times. Move it down a little bit. They can't see your mouth. Check. There we go. Yeah. So a big historical moniker has been when the sex pistols came to play at the canes. So yeah, everybody just kind of like dismisses that. I think because the canes is so historically prevalent here already. And it's just like, okay, yeah, great other band fucking played here, whatever. But what they don't realize is that when the Sex Pistols came to America, they only played at 11 fucking spots. Oh, wow. Right. So when they came to the Canes, it was a pretty fucking historical moment. So much so that when they punched a hole in the wall in the green room, they still have a piece of that hole in the wall. Now it's at the OK Pop Museum. And, you know, they recently just had the anniversary of them coming and i mean to us in the punk genre but also just as i'm a musical historian in all genres of music and to me that's important like oklahoma is super underrated but tulsa itself as a musical history place yeah so there's everything building up from like the americana folk like anti-work movement with Bob Dylan and people like that. Now punk has like so much more of a historical reference here in Tulsa. Also 
we play tons of shows with hip hop artists because there's a huge cross section of punk music and hip hop in the sense of when hip hop was coming up in America as like a format of music, some of these punk venues were like the only places that those types of shows could exist. So now when we play shows with hip hop artists, it's like an understood thing. Like it doesn't even need to be discussed, but it's a cross platform thing where we're trying to put each other on. So I only talk about the sex pistols because that was like a major influence on the name. And so the story goes is like the sex pistols would be on tour with the band and they were notoriously reputed to be stealing other people's shit all the time. Oh, really? Yes. So like they'd be on the fucking tour with whatever American touring band they're with, or like say they're in Europe, you know, they might be with the clash or something. So like they're snatching gear. They're like poor as fuck. And I thought you were talking about like songs or lyrics or something. No, like, no, no, no. They're it. snatching gear, literally. Okay. Like these dudes are getting the front from the record company and it's like ten thousand dollars. Okay. And they're running that up their veins in heroin, like for the first five grand. And then, you know, plus taking trips with whatever girlfriend they're with at the time. So when they're on the road, they're like snatching these other people's gear. So that's where the first sex thief became a thing. And then so we started performing as Sex Thief. And really we found that like the large demographic of our fan base is the LGBTQT community. And currently we have like Shout one. Shout out to the community. For sure. Um, we've really just like tried to, I don't want to say like, like our platform for music is whatever the music we're going to make is. But lyrically and representationally, we want to represent people that have been oppressed or victimized through whatever societal fucking terrible means there are and give a voice to those people. Yeah. And we didn't want to become a political band. We don't want to become like, like we want to have fun and we want to create music that is music that people can have fun to. But we also write songs topically based on these situations to call people out. Yeah. Or to, you know, let the community know, like, this is a voice for people to say this fuck shit that everybody has been saying. But let's put it in a song format. Let's scream it to the high heavens and let's dance to it. Sure. You and, know? like, it's kind of funny that you bring up the, the similarities between comedy and your the, the rock or the punk rock and, like, the, the indie scene and stuff like that. Or the music scene, I'm sorry. In general, it's just, like... That's why we talked about like in certain venues may not be my cup of tea for my kind of humor or my kind of my personal uh, uh, genre of humor that I broadcast out simply because my humor is based around my life experiences. And then like I had I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid. Right. Uh, it's not going to relate until you're in front of those people that it can relate. Yeah. To. So like I'm a two time divorcee, two time survivor of suicide and uh uh, to uh, survivors uh, or you know had sexual assault when I was a kid so like there's a lot of fucked up shit in my trauma in my house in right. my life so that's where my humor is based and that's what my topics I'm going to talk about and I know there's gonna be certain venues where they don't want those topics talked about so I'm perfectly fine not just not going there it's not for me and I have nothing against them it's just that's just how it's gonna be it's gotta be that way and like honestly what I am most frustrated about is that I feel like if I was the venue owner I would want the art to be happening in my place 
And regardless of the name of the band or the, the nature of the comedy or whatever, like historically we're going to look back on this time and see like whatever came of it. Yeah. And it's like, to me, I would want like the most, uh, you know, controversial thing to be happening at my place. Yeah. And so for us as a band, we're not trying to be controversial. The fucking name sex thief. And the name is to prod thought. So like whenever you meet us or hear us or whatever, it's like you either saw us live or you heard the songs or you just heard about our name. So like if you're just talking to me because you heard about our name, then that is just the conversational piece for me to get you to our music. Uh, it's similar to unloading meat. Exactly. Uh, the Aloni Meat brand has just caught on through Tulsa, and like everybody knows the name now. It's like it's everywhere I go. Oh yeah, I know the Aloni Meat name. I know that name. What's that Aloni Meat thing? Like it's a name that just sticks with you, and it just pops. Well, with Sex Thief, we're trying to make it such a cult, you know. And then we've we've dabbled around changing the name because of that, but it's like we're not going to change the name. And the whole thing about that is like. When we look back on this moment years from now, we want to know that we stood true to what we felt was like the most powerful moment in our lives. The name is just, like I said, a trigger into conversation to get you to know us. So if you don't want to know us and the name is like what's keeping you away from us, then we don't want to know you and it's yeah. okay. And, and it's life will go on and the world will go on by. And we'll still keep playing shows, and you'll still keep going to other people's shows. Can I give you a word? And I think it comes to mind. And you can disagree if you want to. Um, it's similar to how I feel about my name, taboo. The right. word taboo, and that's in the traditional sense of like, it's the word sex, the word thief, the, right. the words unloading meat. It's not. It's an unspoken like lizard brain thing of that taboo mind of like that sticks out in people's minds right and that's what response that's it's, the response we're trying to get you to think past that response exactly exactly um so it's a conversation starter it and is and let's and see let's have a thought exercise on why you feel this way yes and then if you want to continue to feel this way after we've talked about it then that's in your own mind yeah let's have a discussion at least and if you don't want to have the discussion then let's we're, we're cool. Let's part ways. So, look, let me talk to you about a serious note real okay. quick. Okay. I'm not going to get super detailed into names or whatever. So sure. Please don't. <laughs> recently, we had a show at the Mercury Lounge okay. that was uh, it was a showcase. I'll light another joint if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. It was a showcase of artists that precipitate around the art house. To which our friend JB, a.k.a. Solar Star, hosts this art house community. It's the most beautiful thing happening in Tulsa. Every Monday, people get together at this art house, and they make music. They make art, drawing, painting. Comedians go there and write their jokes. It's an inspirational muse type of space, but a safe space at that. I got another one here, too. <laughs> So we uh, were offered the privilege of playing a quick show at this Mercury Lounge art house to which we were in the midst of finding a new guitar player. That's a relight. Sorry. I was going to finish that off. And, uh, you know, no qualms against a guitar player that left. We had a guitar player that left the band. Uh, 
Nicola is one of the greatest writers and musically inclined people that I know. And he wrote with our drummer most of the songs of the original parts. So it's easy for him to go back to guitar, but he's really trying to take on the lead singer role and have a guitar player or even two guitar players. So anyways, long story short, we took this person to this show to which we were negatively received. Uh, the show went well. We played great. I felt great about it. None of this stuff came out until after the show, but there was a lot of interactions that had happened during the show that made more sense afterwards. But essentially this person had been accused of some sexual misconduct in uh, previous history and had yet to uh, unvilify themselves with the situation. And so we brought this person into the band unaware of the situation. Okay. As soon as we were aware of the situation, we were like, all right, well, obviously, honestly, there was another situation that was going on parallel to this whole thing where the person was on drugs, to which we advocate everybody in the world to have a great time and do whatever you want to do. Um, and I'm not trying to judge Shut anybody up. for their vices or whatever, but there's a certain amount of drug use that we cannot work with professionally. And that was going on. And I'm like, bro, if I'm telling you you're too fucked up, that's like pretty fucking bad. And it was that before it was anything else. So then this person was already out of the band by the time we've been hearing about all this other shit. So we had to make a public statement. Yeah. And it's funny and sad because I'm like, aren't public statements great? Well, I want at the end of the day, the victims of this person's perpetration to know that we are, our hearts are with you and we want this thing. This person tried to use us as a platform to justify their oh fuck return, that. you fuck know? That. And and we immediately put a stop to that. So this person commented on our post and said hey, if they don't delete their comment blah blah blah. So I did not delete this person's comment because I wanted them to have that on there in public record showing what a piece of shit they were personally. Because they kept trying to say that they were never accused officially. And so to that, I say, we're not going to let you use our band and our existence as a platform for you to unvilify yourself to these victims. Sure. If you wanted to do that, you would have done it this whole time before. Hey, respect, man. Respect. We man, were... Honestly, hey, hey. Thank that, that, that speaks volumes for your character. I just well, want to say that. We had to get ahead of this because of the name of our band and the nature oh, of yeah. what people think that is I just, going on there. And so we need to I let just put two and two together for the nature of your More of the public did not know about this situation than the people that did know. But So wait, he joined they joined I don't know, they, gender. Okay, so let me rewind. <laughs> we played shows with this person as their band. And there was a moment in which we played a show at this venue to where this person was acting all weird and fucking crazy. And we were like, yo, what the fuck's going on? And they were like, somebody in my band's been accused of sexual misconduct. And I'm just <laughs> trying to make sure that it's not like... They were trying to like say like someone in the band? The they... drummer is who they really spaced it on. So to the drummer oh, of that fuck. band, just know your boy threw your ass under the bus. 
Okay. Oh my God, this gets. Oh, this right. is a good story. So, can I just say this is a story for the for Mike sometime? Yes. Yes, it is a you story pun- that you punch needs this to up. Be this will be a great story on a on a mic. So essentially, he at that moment, honestly, because I didn't know this motherfucker. I don't know this motherfucker at all, anyways. To this day, sure. I trusted that that was the situation, and in that moment, we were in the middle of a show. It was going to be they were opening for us. We were doing something, and we had some out of towners that were doing something, and we were. You know, like, okay, if this becomes an issue, we'll deal with it when it comes. And it never became an issue. Sure. But we knew going forward that we weren't going to work with that band because of the nature of that situation. And so it was always the drummer. So now fast forward to this situation when we hired this guy over a year later. Okay. And so when asked about this, the guy said that it was this drummer guy. Sure. And so like, fuck man, I'm doing my due diligence. What else more can I fucking do than break the guy's fucking arm over about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so essentially I knew the fucking guy was on drugs. This was where the first problem persisted. Okay. And I don't care about drug use and I want everybody to have a good time. But when we perform as a band, we fucking on our shit. We're fucking about it, and we're putting on the fucking show for our crowd to have the best time of their fucking lives, and we're the soundtrack for your fucking party, and I'll party when I'm done, you know? And that's the vibe. Like, I might drink a pre-workout or something and, like, get fucking hype for this shit. <laughs> we might smoke a joint. We might take a shot, you know? Sure. But we know our limits, and, like, there's been times where we've been our shitty versions of ourselves to which we've had to overcome, and we're not doing that anymore. So anyways... With this dude being as fucked up as he was, I was this close to telling him he could not perform the show with us, and we're about to have to have dude fucking step in and play guitar. But the dude forgot the whole solo to the song in the rehearsal. And I knew he was fucked up from getting him out of the car to the fucking rehearsal, but I was trying to, like, not lay on any extra stress. Yeah. I will fucking tell you if this dude's too fucked up to do the thing. And he was like, acting all right. Open the door, man. Open the fucking door. One of these situations, you know. And so the second rehearsal, he did the solo. And I was like, okay, we're going to bring him. We brought him. And this motherfucker is like having these interactions with people. And it was just like we're observing it. It, none of it clicked until a week later. Literally, we're on the tip a week later. The show went well to us. Yeah. We had a great time. I knew the dude was fucked up, and I was upset about it the whole time. Sure. But I was like, let's let the fucking dude do the thing. If he does the thing, it's fine. He thought he's the real fucking Gigi Allen. I don't fucking respect that. I think that's fucking trash bullshit. Yeah. But he did the show. The show went well. And then so after the fact... We're hearing about this situation from these other people and everything's validated. And we're like, well, fuck, we didn't know. Yeah. You know, immediately deal with the guy into which he tried to briefly use our platform as a way to do his, you know, verification, whatever, whatever you call it, guilt-free assessment. And, I mean, I don't condone violence or whatever, but I was so mad at this individual 
because of the nature of what they put our band through that I told them I will fucking beat your fucking ass and I will make sure somebody's there you. to videotape it so that they know that we're literally not fucking with you because you're such a fucking piece of shit for even putting us through the fact that now we have to deal with it to where there's like two or three venues that will not work with us now. Oh man, that sucks. Because that of, just sucks. Right. Because of this person and their interactions with this person. And like fully dude played one show with us and has nothing to do with us, but now we'll have to deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I'll beat your ass on that note just in yeah. and of itself. Also, furthermore, I should beat your ass for being a junkie in our presence and not making that known to where if you blue lipped and fucking died on us, like that's some shit I don't want to fucking deal with. Oh, of course. You know? If I would known you're a fucking junkie and been approval of the situation, I would have some fucking Narcan on deck or something. But nobody nobody wants to fucking deal with that. Yeah. Like what the fuck, bro? So anyways, I feel like I've spoken too much on the subject, but I wanted to make it very clear to our fans. Oh no, I lost a wired headphone. If only I had a company like Raycon sponsoring today's episode. Raycon, I need headphones. All right, guys, we are back with Dylan. And guys, we I think it's time that we go for the preheat. The preheat. Oh, shit. Warming up. Warming up. Dylan, are you familiar with the preheat? A little bit. Okay. Go ahead. For our viewers, if you are not familiar with the preheat, I want everybody that's going to potentially throw out their racist, homophobic, sexist, fat jokes, I want to get all those comments on YouTube. If you want me to broadcast them on here and read them online, I will. I'll read them on air. However, you have to include a photo of yourself so I can retort. I think that's fair. Do you think that's fair, Dylan? I think that's fair. Okay. And by the way, if you want to be included on the preheat, go ahead and read that, Dylan, if you want to. Want to be on the preheat? Unloading meat at gmail.com. Put preheat in the subject line. Thank you so much, sir, for doing that. Uh, do you got an example of a preheat roast show you could do for me? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say, Jared, you look like uh, the one remaining member of the Skankfest crew that just didn't make the audition on time. <laughs> I like that. I feel like that could apply to you, too. <laughs> for sure. We'll get there one day. <laughs> bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank you for that example of a preheat roast joke, man. And a retort. How about that? I think that went well. How about you? For sure. Yeah. I love the preheat. I went, man, I really can roast a motherfucker, honestly, but I got to be in that headspace. Oh, I understand, man. That's why I just wanted an example you know? of it. Guys, please send your submissions to unloadingme at gmail.com, subject preheat. Uh, Dylan, what do you got coming up, man? This will be coming up in, in April. Um, for the up? April show, we'll talk about uh, Hash on the Mic at the Sesh Lounge on 420. Okay. okay, so date's not confirmed as of right now, but I'm like 99.9% sure that we're going to do a hash on the mic at the Sesh Lounge on 420. This show will be full of sponsors that have booths out front. We'll have clothing sales. We'll have uh, different accessory sales, 
different people out there sharing their cannabis products. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Would you mind if I had some uh, on the ground unloading meat? Absolutely. We could have a live unloading meat segment at the Sesh Lounge on 420. We are, we are announcing it here. I will do a live unloading meat podcast session at the Sesh Lounge. We could literally have all of the comedians that are on hash on the mic on yeah. 420 come and do a little talk with Jared here. And then uh, we could even have some people that are from the industry just want to talk about their wares. But I know Jared, I know he's going to press them to talk about more shit than just their wares. So yeah, tune I mean, in for that for then sure. Again, if they have wares and they're they're giving out free samples, I will be more inclined to talk to them about their wares. Right, yeah. <laughs> we might be on that free sample trip so, where we're just like, Ugh. Can I tell you what I want? And uh, Okay, th- this will probably never get made for somebody like get sued. But okay, here's my dream. I want a new bong, new glassware. My favorite X Men is Nightcrawler. Ooh, yes, I love Nightcrawler. So as you see, my I'm tattoo, a super like, fan as well. So, Ooh, nice. So I've never seen it, but I always thought his purple smoke would be do well for a bong. Okay. So have like the smoke wrapping around and him coming out and his devil tail wrapping around like a dragon tail. I and like it. Make that into like a, gra- a glass piece or a I pipe. like it. I want somebody you can to have, make that. Uh, there's glass pieces that change color. Yeah. So you could have like the inside of the piece with like little shards of the blue that turn into the red and shit yeah, as it's like, heated. Uh, Something like that, you, you know? Right, right. See how he has that poof up there, that pink yes. and purple? It's all pink purple smoke whenever he bamps out. Got it. Got and I'm it. like, that would do awesome in glass. It would be sick. And I'm just like, man, I would love got, somebody honestly, to make that. I got some glass blowers. I'm not gonna shout their names out sure. yet. But there's two people I have in mind that I think we could turn you on to to make Again, a signature. Again, you know, with licensing and stuff like that, I don't want to yeah, like, do anything right, like that. But but yeah. There's two people I have in mind that are total local glass blowers, really fucking pumping shit out for the uh, solventless dab community yeah. that we could get an unloading meat signature piece made. Dude, from, I would sure. love that because I'll be all behind that. I would even love like an unloading meat one like that, like the Deadpool. That's what I'm saying. Shit, yeah. You could easily get these guys to do one for the cast. It sits on the desk. As a piece. Because also, like, cannabis also helped me and honestly saved my life. It helps with my anxiety. It helps me get through function, even get on stage. I um, literally turned my whole entire life over to cannabis, same, like Christians same. do to God. Same. Uh, essentially, used to be an airplane mechanic. I used to build airplanes. I used to work on helicopters. used to build airplanes. And when I was here, the weed legalization came. And I was like still making so much money with the airplane shit that there was no way I was going to switch gears. Sure. But my girlfriend at the time had a weed card and we were going to the store, getting all the weed. I was doing all the weeds. And then, uh, we got asked to go do a drug test to where my bosses literally sent me because they thought I was one of the most square people. I was putting on the facade so well that they literally had me go as part of the 10% because there was like, no way he's going to fail. Sure. And so certainly went in there knowing I was failing and, uh, came back, packed up my toolbox, told the boss. And so they wanted to let me stay, but they wanted me to do literally like it's 30 AA type classes. Like a rehab kind of thing. Right. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to rehab for weed. Yeah. And I've been, I've been to rehab before and I've been to AA before and I get what the fuck yeah. it is, but I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. 
And then I was like, also, furthermore, even if I did all this shit, when I go back to work, y'all are all still going to whisper about me behind yeah. my back. You're still going to make jokes about, oh, he's a stoner or whatever. Yeah. And it's working on airplanes. You yeah. got to have the full faith of your compadres, you know? And well, it's I was like, like rehab can be for different things. Like, uh, my one of my biggest influences is Bobby Lee. Mm. Bobby Lee recently admitted that he, like, uh, he went to rehab and he got clean of everything, even marijuana, because... For him personally, weed led to other things. Yeah, it does. It's like um, alcohol. Alcohol yeah. leads so to other had, things. So he had to cut everything out. And so for him personally, he doesn't smoke, but he's not condoning it against everybody else, or like not like this, like disown or what do you call it, like uh, disapproving it when right, everybody else right. does it. It was just like his personal story, and I, I honestly relate to that and, and respect that. For, uh, for me, it's like if you have a vice that is literally getting you to the point to where you have no control over the other things in your life. Yeah. then that's the problem. Yes. I'm like a Hunter S Thompson type where I really like everybody trying everything all the time. Get more fucked up. Yeah. Do more crazy shit. Like psychedelics for sure could change your life. Psychedelics MDMA could really change your life from I, depression I, and I other get into that sorts try of to like, yeah, I don't think that people should be recklessly going into it like yeah. we did when we were 19 and 20 and shit. But you should know that there is cognitive behavioral fucking improvement to be had in psychedelic things. Do you watch uh, Last Week Tonight? A little bit, yeah. He had an episode exactly about that, like like two episodes ago, and it's very informative, and it's really good about how that can help with depression, anxiety. It really and all can. Stuff. It's so funny because people joke about microdosing, yeah. And there's been no formal literature that shows that microdosing does anything better to improve your cognitive ability, but there has been tons of literature that shows that macrodosing in large amounts. I would say like, there's a certain amount to where you can start at with psychedelics that would improve your overall existence. Uh, there's a certain amount to where you would be feeling like overwhelmed sure. and that nobody can suggest that's just going to be something that people have to figure out on their own. But you know, it's a fucking wild west. It's sure. the new green rush. I'm well versed in the cannabis industry and when we're talking about business macros, that is the new green rush. And it is certainly going to be where people are making millions of dollars. The desire is already there. The products are already there over on the West coast. There's already, you could walk into a store and already buy packaged and branded mushroom products. Wow. Packaged and branded. Like literally, Portland, right? Oregon? Yeah. Cute dude. Denver's there. I mean, what I'm getting at, it's when I try to tell my people that I work with is that the facilities that I work in where I have like a fully lab style kitchen to make edibles, uh, you know, couple thousand dollar fucking candy machine. I'm telling these people like there's people that are doing what we're doing right now somewhere else with mushrooms already right now. Like it's, definitely not imaginary fictitious thing it is happening they're on the market qr codes on the thing it's interesting because it's like i'm not blasting anybody out or anything i'm not even like calling anybody out sure. but it, it's just it's funny to me because when i was 18 years old i looked at colorado like I'm going to go there one day and I'm going to grow all this weed. Never in my life did I ever think that I was going to get my weed education in Oklahoma. Sure. 
and I cut my teeth here and I grew weed here and I designed weed farms and come up as an evolution in the weed game here. I would have it no other way. But now I'm trying to tell these people like this shroom thing is like something that you don't want to be five years behind. Yeah. By the time you're getting into it, they're already putting the shit on the shelves. So also it's like a consciousness thing as well as a societal thing. And Terrence McKenna said before in, I think the early nineties that there's going to come a point. Ice in, cream is truck. He's coming. I'm like, there's going to come a time anyway. that things get so weird that people eventually have to talk about it. Talking about, consciousness and psychedelics like there's going to come a point in time to where it's not just drug users that are doing this weird thing that changes your brain or makes you feel better it goes back to that word taboo it's all taboo right now we still we still need to have a discussion about it right yeah i agree man Ooh, we can wrap it whenever you're ready dog okay man uh Sorry, I'm only cutting you off. We're having a great discussion. I just no, it's fine. I got a potty, anyways. <laughs> uh, man, where can everybody see you, uh, reach you at? Uh, where do they okay, follow you so at? Uh, follow me at Turp Tobain, T U R P T O B A I N on Instagram. That's where I do most of my social media work at. And then um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm just Dylan Walters, D I L L O N W A L T E R S. And then uh, if you get on my Instagram, you can hit my link tree and find me on Twitter and shit, but mostly on Instagram, mostly doing shit on Instagram. I'm going to work on bringing more videos to you guys this year. Awesome, man. And I'd say it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming out here, man. I know it was a trip, but dude, it's been a pleasure. And honestly, I think I made a new friend today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Take care. And thank you for watching Unloading Me.